The attorneys for Richard Allen say members of a pagan Norse religion called Odinism is responsible for the Delphi murders. Ethan Chapin's mom goes to CrimeCon. Alec Murdoch's attorney and the prosecutor go to CrimeCon. A break in the John Bonet case or just more hype. A $1.5 million heist. A cop arrested his mistress saying that she was insane when she's not. And then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. Today is September 25th, Monday. So before we get to the docket, let me tell you where I was. Yes, I was out all of last week. I apologize for that, but we had to work. We had to work. And as you know, we, we had a pretty good high a couple of weeks ago. We were finished a, a homicide trial, got a big not guilty. And well, last week didn't quite go as planned. It crashed and burned, wasn't pretty guilty to all counts. Little little word to the wise, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not encouraging people to break the law. I'm not. But just remember, ladies and gentlemen, even if you delete those text messages, they're not deleted. So don't type those text messages unless you want them put in front of a jury of 12 people at some point, ladies and gentlemen. Just a little something to remember. As a pet owner, you want to give your furry friend the very best. That's why Baked in Colorado's CBD-infused dog treats are the perfect choice. These delicious treats not only taste great, but they also provide a wide range of health benefits for your pet. CBD has been shown to have many positive effects on dogs, including reducing anxiety, alleviating pain and inflammation, and improving overall wellness. Baked in Colorado's treats are infused with premium, full-spectrum CBD oil, meaning your pet will benefit from the whole plant extract. Not only that, but Baked in Colorado's treats are made with all-natural human-grade ingredients so you can feel good about what you're giving your pet. They're also free from wheat, corn, and soy, making them a great option for dogs with food sensitivities. Baked in Colorado CBD-infused dog treats are the perfect way to support your pet's health and well-being. With various flavors, including peanut butter, pumpkin, and bacon, your dog will love them too. So why wait? Head to www.bakedincolorado.com today and order your dog a bag of these delicious and nutritious treats. Your pet will thank you for it. All right. As I said, today is Monday, September 25th, 2023. Let's go ahead and open the docket. First on the docket, the pagans did it. That's right. The attorneys for the man accused of killing Two teenage girls six years ago in Delphi, Indiana. Well, the attorneys have filed a lengthy and uh, somewhat interesting, the unusual motion for a hearing that claims the girls were killed by cult members and the uh, double homicide suspect, Richard Allen, has no ties to this religious group. Now, all this came in a 136-page brief that was filed today by lawyers for Richard Allen. And they also allege that the search warrant executed on his home on October 13th of 2022 was based on faulty probable cause and therefore everything found should be released. Now, as you may recall, the um, uh, Abigail Williams and Liberty German were murdered in a killing, and some people now, the attorneys are saying a ritualistic type killing by several people but not Mr. Allen. Now, Mr. Allen was charged with the October 22 killing of the two girls after investigators said there was evidence at the scene that linked him to the young girl's deaths. But Allen's defense 
attorneys argue that the detectives overlooked other clues and potential suspects in the investigation that were obvious and they just focused on Richard Allen. Now, of course, they really didn't know he was there for six years until they got their administrative clerk issues resolved. And then they like said, hey, let's go talk to this guy. And, oh, sure enough, he admitted he was there. So Allen's attorneys are saying that the members of a pagan Norse religion called Odinism hijacked by white nationalists, ritualistically sacrificed Williams and German, and um, nothing links Mr. Allen to these uh, this group. Apparently, sticks were placed at the crime scene to form Germanic letters associated with uh, the religion, Is and that's apparently one of the clues that indicates that the girls were killed as part of a ritual. Other evidence at the scene, including... Um, Paintings with the blood of victim Libby German supports the defense notion that the group of unknown suspects killed the girls. Uh, investigators ignored and omitted evidence of the ritualistic killing and proceeded to request a search of Allen's home, according to the motion, and they requested that all of the evidence be suppressed uh, on behalf of uh, Mr. Allen's attorneys. Now, we are definitely going to have to wait and see how this plays out. And the prosecutors today also filed a motion saying that everything should be held in um, secrecy and that no one should be allowed to see this because uh, it's going to prejudice the case. Now, remember, the judge, Judge Siegel, said that she was going to start releasing some of the information in this case to be uh, public. And um, certainly the prosecution is not going to like this. All right. So we'll see if we can get the whole 136-page memorandum for our live show tomorrow night. That would certainly take up a lot of time to talk about. But hey, it would be worth it, given the fact that obviously the pagans must have done it. Uh, you got to love good lawyering when it exists. Um, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, next on the docket, Ethan Chapin's mother shows up at CrimeCon. Now, if you may recall, we went to CrimeCon last year, met a ton of great people. We had a little booth set up. We were giving away free stuff. You could take your picture and it was sent to your your email or your, your text, your phone. And it was a lot of fun, met a lot of great people. But this year we couldn't go because, well, I had this trial in federal court. So obviously I can't be in two places at once. And the court wasn't gonna let me go to be a crime con. But it sounds like it would have been a good place to go. So next year we're definitely setting it. And I don't know, you know, last year, crime con, we talked to him about maybe doing something. This year, not a peep out of them. So we'll just have to wait and see. Anyway, Ethan Chapin's mother showed up. in. She was sitting in a crowd of about some 3,200 uh, people as they listened to uh, presentations about the murders. And she said um, she couldn't sit through that portion of the presentation, uh, but um, through tears expressed her gratitude to uh, one of the hosts, Joseph Scott Morgan, a forensic expert and host of the Body Bags podcast, for his respectful remarks about the four students. Now, Chapin's surprise appearance occurred during, like I said, the question and answering session following the uh, presentation of Mr. Morgan. Uh, the woman stood up and said, I'm Stacy Chapin and I'm Ethan's mom, she began. I want you all to know that uh, these four were some of the greatest kids and all had great things that you read about them are legitimately true. It's always been a challenge for me to hear people talk about Ethan who don't know him, Chapin said. And I can speak on behalf of my own son, who was an incredible man and human, and we miss them all terribly. 
She said her voice as it uh, broke in front of the uh, stunned audience. She said they were amazing kids in the prime of their life as the uh, applause uh, broke out. And she later explained she felt compelled to speak up and make it known that Ethan's story was real and deeply personal to her. So good for Ethan Chapin's mom. Um, you know, oftentimes people go to these things that are victims of, of crime and they talk, but apparently she wasn't on any panels. She was just there to listen and observe. Um, so there you go. Guess we all should have been at CrimeCon. Because you know who else was at CrimeCon? Well, the defense attorneys for Alec Murdoch and the prosecutor uh, showed up as well. Now, Alex Murdoch defense attorneys revealed uh, to a packed audience of uh, the uh, true crime fans there at CrimeCon that they were optimistic that Alec Murdoch will get a new trial, but they also say that he's broke. So guess what? They're going to do it for free. Now, Dick Harpetulian and Jim Griffith appeared in Orlando. Creighton Waters, the prosecutor who put Murdoch in prison, spoke there as well, but it was on a separate panel. Now, the uh, three-day event drew thousands of true crime fans from a range of podcasts, TV personalities, and victims' family. Now, Murdoch's attorneys joined the host Eva Pilgrim, she's on 2020, for a tell-all conversation about the uh, Southern crime saga. The lawyers shared some uh, unexpected challenges that they faced at trial and what they've learned since, including obviously the substantial amount of information about a new suspect in the case. As you may note, the attorneys also filed a request for a new trial alleging jury tampering involving Becky Hill, who was the Colton County Clerk of the Court. Ms. Hill, who wrote a tell-all book about the trial, has not responded to the allegations publicly, but her co-author said that she is assembling a legal team. Now, Murdoch's attorney said that there is no doubt in their minds that the jurors are telling the truth. He added that if a judge agrees with him, then Murdoch would be entitled to a new trial. Uh, Mr. Harpetulian said that in all of his years as a lawyer, he says he's never seen anything like this type of jury tampering in his uh all his years of practice. He said, it's bizarre what we are hearing. He said, and we heard we challenged the jurors. We pushed them. We wanted to make sure this wasn't a vendetta or something along those lines. He says that if a new trial is granted, a change of venue outside of Colton County needs to take place, and those jurors need to be sequestered. We'll see if they can actually get a new trial, first of all, uh, at, at the end of the day, it may not really matter. Why? Because, well, Alec Murdoch pled guilty to those financial crimes last week as well. So we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. We've got a lot to talk about tomorrow night as well. Now, next on the docket, a break in the John Benet Ramsey case or just more hype? Well, investigators are believed to be looking into new people of interest in the murder of John Benet after analyzing nearly 1,000 DNA samples. Now, as you may all recall, the little six-year-old beauty pageant contestant was murdered on December 26, 1996 in Boulder, Colorado. The girl was bludgeoned and strangled, and several hours later, her mother called 911 to say her daughter was missing and that she had found a ransom note. Um, she was found after a search in the basement of the family home, and her death was ruled a homicide, but no one has ever been charged in the killing. Now, the, in 2021, police said they had interviewed more than 1,000 people 
in 19 different states as part of their ongoing investigation. And now apparently there's some new people on their radar. Police say time will tell whether they get the people they're looking for. And they say that this is a marathon, not a sprint. Well, it is a sprint if someone is going to escape justice because they get too old and die. Anyway, apparently a lot of suspects and witnesses can come from a variety of places, they argue. And it's not just the DNA. It's what happens when you investigate a very difficult case. Um, There are new people to look at, and uh, hopefully they're going to find the killer. That's what they're hoping to do. None of the new people of interest have been named, and uh, the Boulder police simply referred to previous case updates when asked about this new development. So is it just hype? Well, that's pretty much the way it's been throughout the years. Boulder Police Department, yeah. I mean, I'm. Uh, we want everyone to get justice, but the Boulder Police Department, eh, when it comes to this case, I'm not holding my breath. All right, next on the docket, a $1.5 million heist, a centuries-old Japanese Buddha statue worth about $1.5 million was stolen from a Los Angeles art gallery last week, and it was all caught on camera. Now, this bronze sculpture weighs about 250 pounds and was stolen from the gallery about 3.45 a.m. on September 18th. Now, apparently the owner of the gallery had it in his backyard of his home. Then he moved it into the gallery, and um, he said he was going to put it in his backyard so that everybody could admire and enjoy it. Now, the security footage of this heist shows the thief pulling up to the gallery in a moving truck. The driver steps out, busts open a driveway gate, and enters the gallery. Now, the video shows him then using a dolly to load the statute on the truck before driving off. The entire robbery takes about 25 minutes. Now, the statute dates back to the Japanese Edo, E-D-O period, and that was between 1603 to 1867, the gallery owner states, and it is believed to have been commissioned for the centerpiece of a temple. The owner personally bought it about 55 years ago, and he said, hey, this is such a unique piece. You're not going to be able to sell it out on the, you know, you're not going to go be able to pawn this thing. It's not like you're going to put it on eBay and say, hey, we're selling stolen goods. It's not going to happen. Hopefully the LAPD will do it. But just remember, ladies and gentlemen, cameras are everywhere. All right, next on the docket, a married cop arrests his mistress because he says that she's crazy. That's right. Take a listen to this story. A married Pennsylvania police officer is facing felony strangulation charges after being filmed forcibly arresting his mistress while trying to force her out of his trailer. Now, please meet Ronald Keith Davis. He was arrested on September 21st. He's accused of abusing his authority to forcibly arrest girlfriend Michelle Pervanov in August after a lover's fight and have her committed to a mental hospital in Williamstown, Pennsylvania. Now, Pervanov was living in his camper van at the time after a brief four-month romance, but the pair's relationship had disintegrated, and rather than simply break up, Dave's obtained a petition to have her involuntarily committed to a mental institution. Now, that's one way of saying, I don't love you anymore. Anyway, the August 21st incident was filmed by a colleague um, arresting her after chasing her down. He sat on her laid on her and uh, grabbed uh, her by the legs throughout the entire uh, struggle. It's a very interesting, uh, to say the least, not your normal 
arrest, that's for sure. Well, anyway, Perbanov was taken to the hospital and was held for multiple days uh, before she was released. Now, after the doctors found that she was not mentally unstable, it's Davis who's facing uh, criminal charges, including false imprisonment, strangulation, reckless endangerment, and another uh, assault on another person. In the text message, he told her, you're going to F around and find out. Get out of my house now. So, <laughs> like I said, what way says it's over other than I'm going to have you falsely arrested and committed to a mental institution? I've always said, if someone's willing to send you to jail, the relationship is over. That's it. Done. Move along. They sent you to jail once. They will do it again. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Our dumb criminal of the day is a judge. That's right. An Oklahoma judge was busted in Texas after a little bit of a road rage incident, including random drive-by shooting and then ramming a woman's car. But hey, has he mentioned that he's a judge? So Garfield Judge Brian Lavelle, Lovell, L-O-V-E-L-L, -L, Lovell, was arrested in Austin on September 11th on charges of reckless driving and for felony deadly conduct and discharging a firearm. Lovell allegedly fired shots at five cars at an intersection in Austin during the meltdown, according to the arrest affidavit. Witnesses told police that they saw the man in the white SUV leaving the area after the um, mayhem about 4 p.m. But about 90 minutes later and two miles away, the judge allegedly tried to push a woman's car into oncoming traffic. Anyway, Judge Lovell allegedly intentionally slammed his SUV into the back of the woman's car twice after getting into an argument that was triggered the crash. Now, after the judge's arrest, police found a magazine inside the judge's SUV, though Lovell did not admit firing it, telling authorities he did not know why he would have his uh, gun sh been shot and could not recall any part of the shooting incident. Well, the judge has been a judge for 12 years and has since returned home to Oklahoma. He is on a $10,000 bond and he needs to conduct a mental health evaluation and get those results back to the court as quickly as possible. His next court date is October 4th. Ah, judges gone wild. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, they're just like us. Like everybody, they're all humans. They're all flawed. They all make mistakes. Don't ever hold anybody in such high regard just because of their title. They're human, each and every one of them. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget, tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Patreon show. Have we got a lot to talk about. Thanks for watching.